Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola Shokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. The Clever Girls Know podcast is a podcast for women, offering a space for conversations around personal finance, business, life, and living. I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast, and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you listen to, head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. I'd also love for you to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. We have new content on the blog multiple times a week. We have over 30 plus free courses. Plus, when you sign up for a course, you can talk to a Clever Girl Finance mentor for free to get encouragement, motivation, or if you just want to have an open, no shame, no judgment girl talk. Finally, check out our YouTube channel. Just search Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. Hi, Shia. Hi, Bola. How are you? I'm doing great. Welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am super excited to have you on here. We're going to be talking about how to unlock your prosperity by minimizing stress and prioritizing wellness. And I think this is going to be such a good conversation But before we dive in, please tell everyone listening who you are and what you do. Absolutely. So my name is Shia Thousand. I am the founder of CT Wellness Co. We are a wellness education company teaching organizations how to turn around their workplace culture through transformative stress management programs and that increase team performance through leveraging self-care. So essentially, I teach people how to leverage self-care to prevent stress and overcome burnout to live more fulfilling and intentional lives. That is awesome. And I'd love for you to share a bit about your background. Like what got you started in this field of wellness? Absolutely. So it's interesting because I actually got started as a result of experiencing burnout three times over the course of 10 years. Mm -hmm. And it essentially started with me just trying to find my footing, figure out what was going on in my own life. And I had some practices in place, but I didn't have like a system. So I wind up putting together like a system and I used it for like five years. And people would always ask me like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I would share it and then they would start implementing it. It would work in their lives. And even then I still didn't kind of get started. I really got started once I realized that my girlfriends were stressed and I created a self-care package that was called Hello Mama Box. And it was a self-care package that you can get delivered to your door to help you focus on your maternal wellness as it relates to just taking care of yourself without having to think about it. And Mm -hmm. it came with like a card in it that walked you through how to use the box, suggestions and recommendations so that you really didn't have to think about it. And then from there, aunts, uncles, they started asking for boxes. They were like, if I'm not a mom, can I get a box? How do I get a box? And then it became (laughs) wellness boxes. Then I had an epiphany where it was like, people need support immediately. So then I did a digital care package. And then I got blessed and God gave me a book. And I wrote the book and put the book out on my website at first. And he told me to take it off my website and then self-publish it. And from there, it was like off to the races. So now I own and operate this wellness education company. That's so interesting. What kind of things did you have in your boxes and on your digital offering? 
Okay. So the boxes would have like a candle, some tea, affirmation cards, which I still have a bunch of them in front of me right now, as well as the instructions. So what I really thought was cool is a lot of boxes, they have all of these items, but they don't give you suggestions. And that's like one more thing for a mom to think about that she just doesn't have time to think about. So we removed all of that to give you the suggestions. So each box would also come with a journal so that you could write. So have a cup of tea. And even if it's just five minutes to yourself, write down five things you're grateful for that morning before the children get up and just take that quiet time for yourself and light the candle with a scent that would help support your calming and de-stressing techniques, basically. So breathing, as well as going for a walk with the baby, going for a walk with the kids. Mm -hmm. I love that. And so you focus on stress reduction and burnout, right? Before it happens, right? How do you self-maintain before it happens? I know you mentioned that you had experienced burnout in your career three times, but what was the personal story that led you to say, okay, I want to help people prevent this from happening? How did focusing on your well-being, well, what got you there? How did focusing on your well-being help you improve your life, your work, your business, et cetera? I'm just curious so to know it, what your personal story is. <laughs> yeah, it actually was those three times of burnout. So in the midst of those three times of burnout, it was getting worse and worse each time. So first time it was like, oh, okay, I'm stressed and I just need another job. And a lot of the time, that's what it looks like. It looks like you're stressed and your company just doesn't know how to help you. So you're like, oh, this job sucks and I'll just get another job. But by the third time, it was like, okay, something has got to change in my life. And what I began to realize in implementing the practices is that I didn't understand my own core values. And when you don't understand your own core values, stand for nothing, fall for everything, So what wound up happening is I had to take a step back within myself. I actually walked away from the job that I had and I was in retail management to pivot over into corporate HR and recruiting and really focus on that. And being able to do that allowed me the time and the space to then look at myself, look at my values, and then look at a practice that I could work with that would help me tap into when I was falling short in my own life. So what I call that now is my SPC, and it's a spiritual, physical, and creative outlet. And what I do is I spend, try and spend 20 minutes a day in those buckets. And it has been life-changing because in doing that, when you get, life gets really busy and you don't have a lot of time to be able to come back to something really quickly and say, okay, have I taken care of my spiritual life? Have I maintained a relationship with God? Have I done something physical? Have I done something creative? Usually it's easier to pinpoint the bucket that I haven't spent any time in when I think about it in regards to those three categories. So me getting burnt out to the point where I'm not eating. Uh, The first time I burnt out, I lost 15 pounds in less than a year because I was so stressed. I wasn't even eating. And so the next time I realized that I was lashing out at work, I didn't even have the capacity to emotionally regulate myself. And I just was like, oh my gosh, this was so overwhelming. And by the third time, I didn't even want to go to work anymore. And it was just like, I have to quit this job. I cannot work here anymore. And so me leaving there actually helped me say, okay, well, what do I value? And look for a company that also have those same values. And they won't always align perfectly, but the closer you get to your values and your company having those values, it definitely allows the work to look and feel a bit more meaningful. And then when you're getting up each day to go to work, I didn't feel like I was wasting my time anymore. I didn't feel like my efforts weren't valued. I actually loved what I did for quite some time 
before I decided to pivot into being an author and speaking and things of that nature. I love that. I love how you talk about based on your own story, just getting to the point of recognizing that maybe it's not always, obviously the job might be hectic, but where do Mm -hmm. I need to figure myself out? And for you was understanding your core values. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times when people are dealing with a lot of hecticness in their lives or they're navigating burnout and high stress, it is always in the aftermath where we feel like, okay, what can we do to now fix this? But mm-hmm. a lot of times we're not focusing on what can we do to prevent this. And even mm-hmm. when we're focusing on what can we do to prevent this, we're not thinking about us in the sense that what do I really want? Where do I mm-hmm. fit in here? Is this a good fit for me? Yes, my job is paying me a ton of money, but then does this align with who I want to be with my core values, with the time I want to spend with my family, with the time I want to spend with my children? A lot of times we don't really do that in-depth thinking. Mm-hmm. To- Determine, okay, maybe we need to shift away from this position to help us find what is going to work for us in line with our core values, right? Because we're just like, oh, we get paid so much here. We have to figure mm-hmm. out how to make ourselves work around this work. <laughs> yeah, literally. And they call it the golden handcuffs, right? The golden yeah. handcuffs is when now you have this life and you make all this money and you're like, well, I have to keep doing it. And then your lifestyle also exceeds to the point to keep up with all the money. But those are the golden handcuffs because then when you're at a point where you just hate it, you cannot walk away as easily because you're like, crap, I have all this stuff I have to pay for now. So I have to have a job that still pays me this much. But what usually comes along with that level of pay, usually when we're making a lot of money is a high level of responsibility and a high level of stress. Mm -hmm. And no one tells us that we have the permission to set the boundaries that we want in our work life. And so my work is rooted in the eight dimensions of wellness. And I think it's really important that people seek out occupational wellness along with the other seven dimensions, because if you don't, you believe that it's not possible when it is very much achievable, but there has to be a way that you prioritize your life to get to that point. And you can only be the one that determines what that looks like. And you have to give yourself the permission to do so, because so often we're waiting for other people to give us permission or to say, you know what, to lay us off, right? A lot of people's lives change yeah. during the layoff. And it's not even about that. We didn't need the permission. You didn't need anyone to say it. You have to determine it for yourself. No one's going to come and save you. That's so true. And there's nothing wrong with earning a lot of money, right? Who doesn't want to earn a lot of money? But I think mm-hmm. it's the idea of we have to go from bending ourselves to suit the situation Mm-hmm. to instead make the situation suit us based on what we need, like you said, so that we can identify what matters to us and try to avoid getting to that point where we're now stressed and we're now burnt out and we're now looking for the fixes and patches to resolve it, right? Yeah. So one of the things that, well, the title of this podcast is about prosperity. I would mm-hmm. love to talk just a bit more about how minimizing that stress and prioritizing your wellness ties into achieving prosperity. Because a lot of times when we're talking about managing burnout and stress reduction, we're talking about getting to a good place. Like we're sleeping well, (laughs) we're eating well, we have time to spend with our kids. Yes, that's what we talk about. But from a grander perspective, you use the word prosperity. I'd love for you to talk more about that. How does all of this managing, you know, stress, managing burnout, how does this tie into that big, big idea of prosperity? Absolutely. So when you think about my two core values, when I look at what it is that is important to me, I look at how my decisions align with that. If I say family and faith are important to me, am I making time for that? Does my lifestyle reflect that? 
And I think that's the part that leads to the prosperity because so often we just make decisions on autopilot. Sometimes we make and have relationships with people in our lives just because we've known them for a long time. But that does not mean that those people are good for the next phase of our life or where we currently are. The mm-hmm. saying is that our relationships are for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And I think sometimes we give people more access to us than they were supposed to ever have. Some people were meant to be a period. Some people were meant to be a sentence. Some people were meant to be a chapter. But everyone's not meant for the entire story and novel that is your life. So mm-hmm. I think once you determine what your core values are, it helps you to then lead a life that aligns with that. So when it comes to your lifestyle and the prosperity, you're looking at your decisions. You're looking at the people that you surround yourself with. And if they don't align, then you kind of edit accordingly. Because once you begin the editing process, you'll recognize, and it's almost like a pruning for trees and plants to be well, we have to cut off the dead areas. And you are a tree, you are growing, you are moving, you are swaying, and you are living and being. So sometimes you have to prune off different parts of your life so that the other parts of your lives can your life can thrive. And as it relates to the prosperity piece, When you look at your core values and your decision-making and your family and your friends and what you say is important to you, when they align, things move like, oh my gosh, it is like a well-oiled machine when things align. Not saying there won't be hiccups, not saying there won't be bumps in the road, but when they align, your quality of thinking is much clearer. Your relationships become deeper. They become richer. And the work you do becomes more fulfilling. And it doesn't even feel like work because you have so many activities outside of your work that allow you to be filled so that when you go into the office, it's not the one thing that's sustaining you anymore. It's one of many things that allow you to live and thrive in community, at work, at home, but it's not one thing. And I think sometimes the saying is you put all your eggs in one basket. We put so much in one basket of our life and that we don't nourish the other parts of our lives. And I think starting with core value alignment is literally the most game-changing piece of it. And it can lead to personal fulfillment. And then from there, how do you nourish that? And you do that through self-care. So self-care shows up in our life as emotional, physical wellness, as well as occupational wellness, loving what you do, intellectual wellness, taking care of your mind, financial wellness, having a budget. Oh my gosh. I know that when my money's not right, I'm stressed. We're talking about Clever Girl. That's what you do. So it's like when you have your finances in order, it alleviates some of the stress. But what most people don't realize is that's a form of self-care. And that's really a way for you to manage your time, your energy around your finances. So when you put these strategies in place, it allows you to live a life that is less stressed, and more of a matter of how you respond versus reacting to situations. I love that. So can you talk us through how to establish, identify our core values? Because I, like you mentioned, when someone is not clear on their core values, right, then you're mm-hmm. just, you're going through the motions as the motions are being presented to you, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's highlighting or aggravating or increasing your stress, increasing burnout, impacting your mental health, impacting your emotional health, your physical health, all the things you mentioned. So it sounds like foundationally to start to prevent and avoid mm-hmm. 
right? We need to yeah. really get clear on what we want. And that comes back to core value. So what are steps for someone who is in this place trying to figure out balance, trying to avoid getting to burnout, maybe navigating through burnout and high stress right now? How do we get clear on what our core values are and then start to implement them in our different situations? Okay, so first things first, I would say look up the definition of values. I think that's the first place to start. And it may sound very basic, but once you know what it means, so values are relative worth, merit, and importance. And so when you think of, we say we value education. So education could be important to you. So find out what the definition of values are. Then from there, I would encourage you to look at and do an exercise. And there are many exercises online that you can do and look up words that resonate with you. So authenticity resonates, right? You wanna look up words that resonate with you and see how they align, how they make you feel and get to a place where you can say, you know what, okay, love is important to me. Love in my relationships and my community. And then think about how that shows up in your life. You first have to identify some words and then you're gonna um, look at how they resonate in your life. And how do they show up in you first? And then how do they show up in your decision-making? Because if you say you're a person that values family, do you spend time with your family? Do you make time with your family? Are you relied upon when your family calls you when they need support? Is that something that they know they can go to you for because you value family, so you make time for them? If you say you value your faith, are you making time to pray? Are you making time to meditate on the word? Are you making time to be in the presence of other people of faith like you? Iron sharpens iron. How are you getting sharpened if you are not adding to that space or allowing others to add to you? So first you have to identify and define values. I would even say to identify stress and define stress because everyone's idea of stress is not the same. As it relates to self-care, it is not cookie cutter. So if you don't define these things for yourself, it will be easy to look at all of the articles and all of the advertisements and say, oh, bubble baths and nails, do it for me. And that may not be what works for you. If personal wellness is something that's important to you, starting here and defining these things would be, I would say, foundational. And then once you define the words that resonate with you, I would say, write them down and write down 10. And then once you write down the 10, I want you to choose your top five. And then Mm -hmm. once you identify the top five, it allows you to make it a little bit easier to say, okay, how do these five show up in my life? And how do they show up in my decision making? How do they show up in my lifestyle? Because sometimes we say we value our health, but we don't eat well. We don't make time for exercise. So then you can look at the habits that need to be adjusted and changed. And then when you think about your career, How does my career align? Have I done the things that everyone has said I should do? Or am I doing the things that in my soul, I feel like I know I am to be doing? And so it starts with trusting your instincts as well. Sometimes when we're in situations, we feel a gut feeling that tells us like, "Mm, this isn't right. And a lot of the time we can't define it. You're just like, I know something in my gut is saying that I should not move forward. That's your intuition. And when your values are not aligned with your lifestyle and the work you do, you'll get that feeling a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting because most of us push it to the side 
And I believe that as children, we're taught to betray our intuition because when you, as a child, if you don't like a thing or a person, your parent still goes, well, go over there and hug them anyway. Well, do the thing anyway. And you're like, but I don't like it. I don't want to do it. And it's literally beginning the process of teaching us to not trust our own intuition. So I would say start there. And once you have those five defined and you can see how they start to show up in your life, then start attributing habits to them that you already do or that you can implement. Because once you have a practice in place and it's lived out daily, it makes it so much easier to then say, okay, this is a lifestyle change for me. And so when you speak about like honoring your word to yourself, me honoring my word to myself is really important to me. So when it comes to my boundaries, I operate in healthy boundaries and I have no problem exercising my no. I understand that it is a full sentence. I understand that I don't have to explain my no either. And I think that once you are clear on your core values, you will lose the guilt around operating and exercising your no. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you broke that down, like highlighting the five areas that are most important to you. But just going back to what you said about understanding what value means, like looking up the word value so that when you Mm -hmm. say I value financial freedom, I value time with family, I value being authentic to myself and to others, you really truly understand what that means. So I looked Mm -hmm. up the definition of value. Okay, good. (laughs) And it is described as the regard that something is held to deserve the importance, Mm. the worth, or the usefulness of something. So what is this worth to you? How useful is this to you? What is the importance of this to you? In what regard does this thing deserve to hold in your life? And then also the second definition is a person's principles or standards of behavior or one's judgment of what is important in life. And the word value we hear all the time, it's used in so many mm-hmm. different ways. And we just take it for granted because yeah, value, I know what values are. I know what my values are. Where you really have to, like you said, think about what it really means. What does the mm-hmm. word value mean? And is it representative in all these different areas of your life that you're saying you value? And I think that's such a great exercise that you brought up. And just because I've defined the word value for you doesn't mean that you still shouldn't go look it up. You want to read it because there are very there are many different variations of what value means, especially from a personal perspective that you can look mm-hmm. up. And just spend time thinking about it. Like that is so deep and insightful. Like the importance, worth, or usefulness of something. And when you look at all the things in your life that you're saying you value, are they tied to importance, worth, or usefulness in your own life? Mm -hmm. Right. That's so important to think about. So I love that you talked about and then breaking those things in order of priority and then focusing on your top five and looking at them throughout your lifestyle, throughout your relationships, throughout the work that you do for an employer or the work that you do for yourself, the people you're interacting with. That is is so good because, again, like I mentioned, we hear about values, identify your core values. We, We talk about that all the time. But what does it really, really mean for you uniquely as an individual? Mm hmm. Yeah. I think it's really, I call it the game-changing piece of it. And I love that you said prioritizing and worth because I think that we don't think of ourselves as being the entity to prioritize and worth of value. We don't think of ourselves that way. And a lot of the time we give that to other people. We think other people are valuable. Other things have worth, but you too have worth. It is your birthright. You are worthy of all the many things and love that you want to give to others. So you have to shine that light back on yourself. And I call it the rules of conduct. 
I think that these are your rules of conduct. And that's why you communicate them to other people because your boundaries and this, your core values are your rules of conduct. And if people don't adhere to them, then maybe those people are not the people that you'd want to be in your life. Or if your job doesn't align, then maybe you need to find a job that does. Hey everyone, before we continue with this podcast episode, I'd love for you to check out the best-selling Clever Girl Finance book series. There are three books in the series, and the first book is Clever Girl Finance, Ditch Debt, Save Money, and Build Real Wealth. The second book is Grow Your Money, Learn How Investing Works. And the third book is called The Side Hustle Guide, Build a Successful Side Hustle and Increase Your Income. You can also check out my fourth book called Choosing to Prosper, Triumphing Over Adversity, Breaking Out of Comfort Zones, Achieving Your Life and Money Dreams. And this book highlights my personal story to building a business of impact and challenges you as the reader to dig deep into laying out what you truly want to accomplish for yourself. I wrote each of these books to empower women just like you to achieve your goals and get to the point where you're living the life you desire on your own terms. If you love these books, be sure to tell your best girlfriends and they also make the perfect gift. These books are available everywhere books are sold and you can purchase them as ebooks, audiobooks, and also physical books. And you can also ask your local library to order them as well. Thank you so much. And let's get back to the episode. Like you said, when you get clear on these values and you start to put them into place, then you just unlock prosperity in your life because you're not aligned with what truly matters. You're mm-hmm. working, you're walking in purpose and in passion. Mm-hmm. As a result, you're open to more opportunities. Absolutely. You're open to taking positive actions. Mm-hmm. You're open to all these things that in turn lead to that prosperity and success that you desire in your life. So it, it all ties together. And just really talking about this, talking about all of this this way is food for thought for everyone, including myself, right? Because I'm like, just even going to Google the word value, that's a word that I take for granted. I use that word a million times a day. (laughs) (laughs) When was the last time we really sat and thought about the meaning, right? Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. The way we're applying it in our lives. So, yeah. (laughs) You're not alone, though. And I think that's the thing. And that's why I love the work that I do. Because it's the thing that we probably use so flippantly, regularly. And then it's like, no, let's pause here. Let's dig into this. And it's like, ooh, oh, that's what that means. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And it's like, ooh, okay, well, how does that show up in my life? Ooh, okay, I didn't realize. Especially because we don't realize. Sometimes we're just operating on autopilot. And when you remove yourself from autopilot and start digging in a little bit deeper, Man, it's it changes. It changes your perspective. It has the propensity to change your life. I always call it changing the trajectory of your life. Because once you start digging in deeper, once you make these adjustments, you can really live more fulfilling lives. I live in a constant state of gratitude and contentment. I really do. Even when I'm kind of stressed, I don't react. I respond. So you won't be able to avoid stress in your life. But what you will be able to do is determine how you respond to it versus a reaction to it. And that's because you've taken the proactive approach to determine what your values are, put habits in place. So it doesn't impact you the same way any longer. I've had to learn that personally, right? Because I've, like you, I've navigated burnout several different times. I think the first time I navigated burnout, I didn't even really understand how I got there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most people don't. You're like, what happened? Like, Wait, what? Huh? And I don't even think that because I didn't understand how I got there, I didn't really truly reflect or assess on what truly mattered to me. Instead, I tried to patch, okay, take a vacation, right? When I was younger, my 20s working in corporate America, 
I work in consulting, very high demand work, long hours. I remember many nights being at work till midnight, 1 a.m. And the solution to that burnout was take a vacation. (laughs) Take a long weekend and then come back on Monday and we're ready for the next flight to wherever the heck we're going to solve somebody else's problems, right? As a consultant. But as I got older, I started to realize that, wait a minute, this type of situation, this position doesn't serve me. This type of work doesn't Mm -hmm. serve me because I, I have these other things that are more important to me. So I adjusted that. But in today's world where I feel like I'm in a place where I have chosen the occupation and the way I want to navigate my occupation in the way that serves me, stress mm-hmm. is still unavoidable, right? Mm-hmm. And so I've gotten to a point where through learning and through growth and through really getting clear on my values, where I'm no longer trying to fix the situation. Instead, mm-hmm. I'm always thinking through, okay, I'm in a position that's getting me stressed out. How do I now eliminate this? How do I now mm-hmm. avoid? this and like you I started learning how to respond versus react right mm-hmm. that's a very valuable skill to have very like it, that that's another game changer I call that like a gem a key because when you skip a beat and you take that breath before you go to choke somebody bite their head <laughs> off it's like oh okay let me respond to you or you say let me take that away but when we react we give other people the power and we just oh it just doesn't feel good either. Yeah. So in moments of high stress, I always ask myself, WWJD, Bola, what would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he would respond, <laughs> not react. And I'm constantly doing that. And I'm, I'm, and there are times where I falter, right? Like, yeah, stress gets overwhelming, you know, but I'm constantly trying to manage. And like you said earlier, I've gotten really firm in my no. I've gotten yes. so firm in my no because I, I know what the outcome is when I overdo it. And there is mm-hmm. there is an episode of burnout I've had that I just never want to go back there. And so yeah. I'm like, no, it's no. I'm sorry if you feel offended by my no, <laughs> but I need to serve myself here first. In order to be that person, that friend, that partner, that mom, that business CEO to you. So, you know, what you've said, a lot of ways that has had me thinking and just by being able to do that, I feel like I'm just better from an overall well-rounded perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. we're all in pursuit of all these different things, goals, Mm -hmm. finances, career achievements, et cetera. But if you don't have that peace and you don't have that wellness and you're not, you know, your mental, emotional, if all those places are not in check, even if you get all those things, you're never going to be satisfied. Even if never. you're every goal, you're never going to be, it's not going to be enough. You're not going to be, you're not going to feel as happy as you could, as you thought you would be because you now have the thing. And I know we've all been in that place where we've said we want to get something and then we get mm. it. And we're like, Oh, okay. I got it. Okay. And that's because we choose happiness versus joy. And I truly believe at times happiness comes because something happened. And even though um, there's a scripture, I think it's Nehemiah and Nehemiah, and it says the joy of the Lord is my strength, right? Mm -hmm. Our joy comes from God. Our joy comes from within. Those are intrinsic things that no one can ever steal from you. But when you think about happiness and like something happening to for you to be happy. That means yeah. you're always chasing something. Something always has to happen. And that's a very like not good thing to have contingent upon your happiness. Like, oh my gosh, because that means if something doesn't happen, then you're not happy. No, you got to be happy and within first. That's the joyful piece. Yeah. The basis of your peace of you waking up and having a good day should not be tied to 
you achieving this one thing yeah. or you not achieving this one thing. You yeah. want to have that peace, that joy, regardless, yeah. right? When you're minimizing stress and you've identified your core values and you know how to, to pace yourself through difficult situations and advocate for yourself and be firm on your nose, then you're happy, you're joyful, irregardless of what's happening. Mm-hmm. And, and we all also know people like that who just, the world is falling and they're just happy. <laughs> yeah, they're good. They're because like, it's okay, not, because it's not contingent on this one thing. Um, yes. you, know, you may be on a debt payoff journey, right? Your happiness, your peace of mind should not just be tied on the day you become debt free is when you're going to be happy and have peace of mind. You can have peace of mind now because you have a plan that you're working. You can have peace of mind now because you are employed and you're making your payments and your extra payments on time and you're making progress towards your goal. So it's almost a, a change of mindset, right? Stop pursuing the end goal as the reason for why you're going to have that joy, that peace, that emotional wellness, that success, the idea of success. Success today, because guess what? You woke up, you got dressed, took your kids to school, got to work on time and completed a task. (laughs) That is success. (laughs) Yeah, that is huge success, especially because there are so many things that could have stopped you from doing all those things that this morning. So that is huge success. And I think we don't spend enough time celebrating the small and big big wins. And honestly, it's about what we learn on the journey versus the end thing we're trying to achieve. It's everything you learned on the journey that helped you get to getting debt-free. It's everything because once you have those things, you know you'll never get there again. You know the tools and resources that you have to tap into if you have a hiccup or something happens. It's what you learn on the journey that matters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So I wanted to shift gears a little bit and just talk a bit about how we recently met. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so funny that we have a friend in common that you did not Mm -hmm. know my friend. (laughs) Truly. You were telling her that you had read this book on the plane or something like that. So she told me about your book and I was like, oh, okay, I'll get it. But I didn't realize how long it took me to get the book. And so Mm -hmm. I was actually on my way back from Kenya and I'm on a 14 hour flight and I downloaded the book right before I got on the flight. And I don't always have time to listen to actual books. Like sometimes I'm listening to them when I'm driving. And so I'm getting pieces of it. But this was 14 hours, couldn't go anywhere, couldn't do anything. And I'm listening to your book. And oh my gosh, I, I like came back and I was telling her recently, I'm like, girl, Bola's book is amazing. Oh my gosh. I like, I'm on the plane listening to it and I'm just taking notes. And then as I'm taking notes, I go to sleep because it's a 14 hour flight. So I'm going to be honest. I fall asleep. I wake up. I go back to the chapter I fell asleep on, listen to it again, take notes again. Then I'm like, wait, what did she just say? I go back and I take notes again. I listened to your book on this 14 hour flight. I almost listened to the whole book three times over because yeah. I just was like, it's so rich with gems. And Choosing to Prosper is literally, I'm so thankful to you for this book because it honestly has now helped me on the path of changing the trajectory of my business and my own personal prosperity. So thank you. You know, hearing that gave me chills. (laughs) So for those of you who are listening, my friend Shaka and Shia are friends, but me and Shia did not know each other. And Shaka has been on the podcast. It's been a couple of years now, but she talked about her debt payoff journey. If you just search Clever Girls No Podcast, Shaka, C-H-A-K-A, her episode will come up. I don't know what number is off the top of my head, but she's always like out there. She's like one of my hype women besties. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) 
She tells everybody and their mama and their mama's mama (laughs) about what her friends are doing. And I love her for Mm -hmm. that. And so she's like, oh, one of my friends told me that, you know, she read your book and she put us on the phone that day. And she's like, I have to connect you. (laughs) She blew my mind because I really didn't expect her to call you. I'm like just talking and I'm like, yeah, girl. Bola's book. Oh my gosh. I'm like, you have to tell me, I have to meet Bola. I need to tell her this book was so good. And she's like, hold on a second. Here you go. She's right here. And I'm like, oh my God, what just happened? <laughs> and I thought that's funny because you and Shaka have been friends for, for years and me and her have been friends for years and years. I and mean, you and I have just never met. We've never crossed paths. We've never, you know, so I just found it. So I'm just really grateful that my book blessed you in that way. And so I just wanted to mention it. (laughs) And also, I just wanted to ask you, you mentioned that there were like key lessons that you gained from the book that helped you transform your business. What were they? Okay. So number one was the mentor piece of it. Mm -hmm. So I had always heard about the SBA, but never really tapped into it as a small business owner. And I really like the way you broke down getting mentors and how those mentors led to people being on your board and getting access and then more mentors and just, you don't know what you don't know. And so getting a mentor is really game changing. I think for anyone, we think about it only in our careers. And I don't think we think about it enough as it relates to our businesses. And you really shifted my perspective on thinking about it as it relates to my business, because What I realized is that I can only tap into my friendship group, but for so long, right? They've never done what I'm doing. They don't have the capacity to answer a lot of questions. All we can do is speculate between all of us. It's like, I think this would work. Let's try it. But then I have money invested, right? So I'm going to waste time and money trying this thing versus getting direct guidance for someone who's been there, done that, and succeeded at it. So that was really, honestly, the biggest takeaway from your book is like, no, you need a mentor. And there are resources out here that will help you get a mentor. And it's free. Like, you don't even understand. I mean, girl, that chapter, I mean, when I tell you I have so much notes, I just was like, oh my gosh, I came home immediately. I emailed the SBA. I got a mentor. And in my first conversation with my mentor for the SBA, I walked him through what I was doing already in my business. And he was actually shocked that I had done all this by myself. So he was like, wait, you didn't have anyone help you this whole time? And I'm like, no, you know how much further ahead I could have been had I had a mentor though? So that was really good. And then he, I even asked him because I was working on an, I'm working on a nonprofit and I'm like, do you have any nonprofit mentors? And he's like, yes, I'll get you connected. And I mean, within five minutes of that conversation, Bola, the woman asked me a question that I had never even seen before as it relates to nonprofits in the state of Florida. And I was like, oh my gosh, where did you, what are you talking about? And that one thing was game changing for my nonprofit as well. So it didn't just help my personal business, my small business, but it's helping the nonprofit that I'm building right now. And it's just a matter of getting support and help and stop trying to do it on our own. And it's really like, it's looking into the resources that are out there. I heard about the SBA, but I never knew anyone that used them. And even though I don't know you personally up until like now, right? Reading your book made me feel like I knew you. And it's like, it was an audio book. So like, it was like having a conversation with my girlfriend and she's just telling me her journey. And I'm like, oh my gosh, girl, I need a, I need a mentor. And I'm just taking notes upon notes upon notes. It was really just, it really captured my soul. Like, I can't even tell you thank you enough because that piece was, I feel like the piece that I needed. It's like, it was a locked door in my journey and I just needed the key and you gave me that key. 
I love that. And I'm so grateful that, again, that, you know, you found useful and helpful. So I always love to hear this feedback around my books. And for those of you curious, I don't know if we mentioned it, but Shia is talking about choosing to prosper. So thank you. And before I wrap up, I just want to ask you, for someone who is in this space, so just going back to getting back on topic, (laughs) for someone who is in the space of just navigating high stress, it could be financial, Mm -hmm. it could be work-wise, family-wise, the economy is not great. Lots of things are going on. There's a lot of high stress, right? People are feeling burnout, burnt out, overworked, you know, mothers with kids, people at, at offices, people navigating multiple jobs, multiple situations. What are some key steps that they can take? Like maybe three things that they can do starting today to try to, to change what's happening in terms of like better managing stress, stepping away from burnout, getting a different mindset? What are three things they can start doing starting today? I would say top three. Number one, define values, define stress for yourself. Because I think sometimes we don't think we're stressed because we don't see it as what we think stress should look like in our life. So Mm -hmm. I want you to define values. I want you to define stress. Then I also want you to define success. Because a lot of the time we're chasing other people's ideas of success which is adding stress to our life because that's not even what aligns with what our true idea of success is. So I want you to first, number one, define stress, success, and values. And then I want you to do the values exercise. I want you to actually write down your values and identify your top five. And I think that that's a really great place to start. And then I want you to think about how are you practicing setting healthy boundaries in your life? I think that the boundaries piece is so big. Right now, everyone's working remotely. And when we're working remotely, we have lost the time to get to work and lost the time to travel back home. So what happens is we're more accessible to work and to our bosses and our jobs. So we tend to work more instead of having hard start and end times. Those are boundaries. You need that time. And I would love it if you created a habit to signify what that time looks like for you and when it happens and when it ends. So for me, that's walking the dog in the morning. I walk my dog in the morning and that's the beginning of my day because when I get back, I feed him and then I start working. And then Mm -hmm. when I end my day, I walk the dog to end the day. When I leave my office, I close the door, we go for a walk. I don't come back in here unless I get on my bike because I do have my bike in my office, but I ignore my desk. I do encourage you to start setting um, healthy boundaries around your work and act as if you have to leave on time. Like you knew before, if you got out by five o'clock, you'd hit traffic. So you'd leave a little bit early, but that also meant you'd get in a little bit early. So go back into those habits that you implemented because that time in between the getting to work and the getting off of work, that's your de-stress time. That's the time that helps you come out of your day. So me walking the door prepares me to start my day. Me ending the day by walking the dog helps me come out of my day and lets my body and brain know that this is the end of our day and it's time for personal time. No more professional stuff is going on. So I want to encourage you to do that. And then I want to encourage you to advocate for yourself in the workplace. If you're feeling stressed, write down the things that are kind of stressing you out in the workplace. And if there is a solution for it, I would love it if you went and connected with your superior and ask the supervisor for support on something. And don't feel like it's something you can't do. By speaking up, you're actually putting yourself in a more powerful position because if they just keep putting everything on you and you never speak up, no one will recognize that it's too much. 
So by you speaking up, you'll be able to let your boss know, hey, I really need help with this project or I can't take anything else on. Or you can say, I would really love to take that project on. However, I would need to do that in like a week or two when I have bandwidth or capacity to do so because I'm wrapping up some other projects here. And I think that opens their eyes to understand what you're fully capable of in that moment. And also sometimes they lean on the strongest people in the office and don't use other people to kind of get the work done. And if you keep taking it and you don't say anything, they never know it's too much until you quit. Yeah. And by then it's too late. I agree with you. Like it's one thing to define your values. It's one thing to to set your plans in motion, but we also need to be able to verbalize them and communicate mm-hmm. them to others. <laughs> so Absolutely. they are. <laughs> oh, boundaries. <laughs> yeah, boundaries are not boundaries unless they're communicated because then we hold people to a standard that yes. they don't even know they're being held to. And then you get mad at them. And then they're like, what's wrong? And you're like, nothing. And they're like, wait, I have no clue what just happened. But it's because you never communicated your boundaries. So boundaries only work if you communicate and then enforce. Because if you communicate them and then don't enforce them, then they know they can walk over your boundaries. And again, you have to think of it as your own rules of conduct. Like to engage with me, this is what must happen. (laughs) Like to have this conversation, this is what we must do to move forward. Totally agree. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, Shia. And uh, before I let you go, you have to tell us what is your clever girl superpower? (laughs) Ah, My superpower is, oh my gosh, I would say my superpower is resourcefulness. If you tell me a thing, I can usually unpack it. I have like this whole thing in my mind that's like a Rolodex and I'm constantly just moving things to the side as if it was on some sort of like holographic board. So if you tell me a thing, I can unpack it and help you find the root of it. I'm very resourceful and strategic in that way. That's my superpower. I love that. And you know, doing what you do, resourcefulness is a key aspect to being able to create that balance, managing stress, you know, and all of that. So that's, that's a great superpower to have. And then finally, please tell folks how to keep in touch with you. You mentioned that you wrote a book. Tell us what your book is. Tell us about your book. Tell us where to find you and all of the good stuff. And we'll also be sure to link that in the show notes as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So you can find me on Instagram at Shia Thousand. So C-H-E-Y-A-T-H-O-U-S-A-N-D. And yes, that is my real name. I wrote a book. It's called Holding Space for Self, 25 Tips for Creating a Weekly Self-Care Routine. And in there, I break down how are you spending your time, ways to set healthy boundaries. And also, I share different ways that you can practice self-care in your own life, as well as creating a personal commitment to yourself to practice more self-care and live a more prioritized, because balance only comes when we prioritize, a prioritized life. And then my newest book is I Am More Than a Conqueror. It is a children's book that helps children overcome fear and anxiety through stress management techniques such as deep breathing, as well as scriptures and affirmations. And both of the books are available on my website, ctwellnessco.com or Amazon. Awesome. I'll be sure to put those links in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Aya, for being here. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. This is an honor. I really love the work that you're doing and how you're supporting women in this aspect. We need more of you. You are a champion for us. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and I hope you enjoyed it. 
If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you on the next episode.